0: Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can, for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast at CanadaEHX.com and click donate. Don't forget, I have two other podcasts you can enjoy, Pucks and Cups and From John to Justin, available on all podcast platforms. If you remember last week, I spoke with Martin Parnell, who had made a film called The Secret Marathon, which looked at the first Afghan woman who stood up for her freedom and ran in a marathon of Afghanistan. In doing so, she created a movement for equality that spread around the world, and it inspired people like Martin and today's guest, Kate McKenzie. Kay McKenzie is a first-time marathoner, but also a filmmaker, and she would travel to Afghanistan to run this marathon. And her journey, along with Martin's, is shown in the film The Secret Marathon. And you can check out this film this week because they're hosting a special event, which she talks about in the interview. So why don't we get right to the interview? So this was your first marathon, and uh, notwithstanding the fact that you were doing a marathon in Afghanistan, were you nervous just about doing a marathon in general?
1: Absolutely, I was nervous about doing the marathon. I, I did not consider myself a marathon runner. I felt like the longest anyone should ever really run was like a 10 kilometer race. And I had done that, you know, like once or twice before, but i would kind of been tricked into it, to be honest. <laughs> and so I didn't think of myself as a long distance runner. Thank goodness for Martin Parnell. I mean, this man ran 250 marathons in one year and he offered to be my coach. I can't think of a better person to be my coach (laughs) for running my first marathon, especially to try to do it in Afghanistan.
0: Uh, What inspired you to kind of take part in doing this marathon in Afghanistan?
1: Well, you know, if you're gonna do a marathon, I feel like the reason to do it is to do it for something that really matters. And for me, that was supporting gender equality. I heard about Zanab, the first woman to run a marathon in Afghanistan. I read about her story in The Guardian and saw that for her to even train, she had people that were, you know, calling her names as she ran outside they would call her things like a prostitute, they would throw rocks at her, they were even sending her um, messages on her phone, she'd get messages from terrorist organizations that were threatening her just for going outside for a run. And you know, although I don't consider myself a marathoner, I love going for a run. I love just being able to do it to blow off some steam, to, you know, keep my own health and wellness and the idea that there's another woman halfway across the world that couldn't do that, that couldn't just tie up her laces and go out her door and go for a run. It just stuck with me, you know, and what stuck with me even more was that for Zainab to actually be able to train for the marathon, she then had to do it in a small enclosed area, just running in loops over and over and over again and I just kind of get that image out of my head of this woman who wasn't going to give up, who was going to keep persevering by running in a space that's about the size of the average Canadian backyard over and over for 42.2 kilometers. I just thought that's incredible. If she can do that, surely I can figure out how to run a marathon. And for myself, you know, I felt like the best way I could support her was by helping to share her story. As a filmmaker, as a storyteller, I wanted to get her story out there wider. I wanted to share the story of the, this community in Afghanistan, that we're changing our perceptions of this country, that, you know, so often what we hear in the news about Afghanistan is really negative. It's all about war and terror and poverty. And here was one woman and also one community that was standing up to that and say, no, that's not the Afghanistan we want. We want an Afghanistan where people can go for a really awesome marathon and where people want to come to our country to see the beauty of it.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, I talked to Martin yesterday and uh, we had talked about the fact that in Canada, if you want to go for a run, you can just hit the pavement, hit the trails. You don't have to worry about anything. And in Afghanistan, you, you know, you got to stay on the path because you got to watch out for landmines, notwithstanding what a woman has to go through just to run in Afghanistan. So huge difference. Um, I guess next question, what preparations did you have to make in order to run in Afghanistan? I know in the film you had to practice running with the hijab. Uh, So was that one of the things you had to do? What were some of the others?
1: Yeah, so we had to do lots of things to prepare to go over Afghanistan, both for myself choosing to run in it as well as to be able to go over there to film, right? So, I mean, even just being able to get our visas to go over and travel was a big challenge because Afghanistan is listed at that time as a do not travel advisory by the Canadian government. And so, even the choice to go over there was a big one. And, you know, asking, you know, my crew, we kept it really small. We had two uh, filmmakers that came over there with me, but, you know, asking someone to leave and go with you to an area that is very much in conflict and still designated as, you know, a conflict zone, to ask them to go over there and to ask their families to let them come with you. It's a huge deal, you know, and even my own family, they were nervous about me going over there. They were, mm-hmm. you know, scared about what, what's gonna happen. Right? And so I think a lot of preparation went into just trying to reduce the risks on whatever level we could, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to be able to, I spent hours talking to our insurance agents. <laughs> I spent hours trying to figure out how do we get... You know, how do we take care of some of these basics, right, that we wouldn't think about otherwise, right? Um, But on the other hand, some things are really easy. I mean, getting our camera equipment into Afghanistan was easy because literally every news agency in the world goes to Afghanistan on a regular basis. So some of those things were, were easier to do. You know, on the, mm-hmm. on the running side, that was where I really had to figure things out because never having run a marathon, Martin set me up with a training schedule. So I actually had to run 800 kilometers over the course of the time that I was training. And I didn't have a long time to train. So I started <laughs> training really at the very end of June. And by June, you know, till when the marathon was run, was at the end of October. That was the time I had, right? And so <laughs> I was going outside training and we had to train. At elevation, so Martin was taking me up to Highwood Pass, so we could go to the highest elevation in in Canada to be able to try running. So we get used to what it feels like when you only have seventy percent of your oxygen, right? Mm-hmm. And then he was suggesting he's like, "Well, you have to train in whatever you're going to wear when you're running over there." And I was as a woman, I needed to dress in hijab or to dress modestly, right? And so I needed to be able to wear a headscarf and, mm-hmm. you know, clothing that would come down to my wrist and down to my ankles. So here I was out in the Canadian summer, like <laughs> running in what I would normally wear for my winter gear, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Head covered, you know, my lawn sleeve and my lawn pants, <laughs> right? And training with that. And you know what? I was so lucky because we had people that helped us every step of the way. So we actually, I reached out to the Calgary Muslim marathoners, and they welcomed me into their home, and you know, taught me how to properly wear my hijab so it wouldn't flap in my face. <laughs> they, you know, explained to me, you know, a lot of the cultural sides of it, but they helped me be able to know how I could do this in a safe and comfortable way. So. Yeah, every step of the way, I've just been helped by, you know, fellow Albertans, whether it was Martin or the Calgary Muslim Marathoners, or, you know, just all the folks that rallied around us to help us be able to figure out how do we do this? How do Mm -hmm. we tell such an important story?
0: Uh, It seems like the the most difficult part at the beginning is to convince family that, you know, let me go to Afghanistan, (laughs) don't worry about me. And then the training, um, and then you get to Afghanistan, and you effectively have to do this, like, gonzo journalism in a way this guerrilla journalism of filming a documentary without letting anybody know you're filming a documentary because of the dangers what was some of the most difficult parts of, of doing that filming without kind of advertising the fact
1: well you're exactly right like when we went over the race organizers asked us to keep everything a secret that's why we started referring to it as the secret marathon which became <laughs> the title for our film was that we, they asked us, please don't publish a website. Well, normally when you're making a film, especially a documentary film, you tell the whole world you're making it because that's the only way you're gonna get the funding to be able to go and make this happen. You know, a documentary film isn't normally a super lucrative business. So even just to be able to afford to go over there can be really complicated. And mm-hmm. here we were, we had to keep everything secretive. We couldn't tell people beyond, you know, our, our friends, uh, our close friends and family that we were going right and really it was only those that were that were necessary to know were the ones that knew what we were doing we didn't even know the exact date that the marathon would happen until we were over there right so everything was was kept a secret and you know that that does definitely make filming a challenge we were really blessed in that there were people you know across Canada that helped to support us to go. So, you know, we had um, an amazing company called Biz Communications that actually gave us the seed funding we needed to go over to Afghanistan. The, you know, they heard about what we were doing. They said, we want to support you. We want to make this secret marathon a reality and (laughs) we're going to give you the funding you need, like actually get over there and film it. And so that was a huge thing. But even when we were on the ground, we, to be able to film, you know, and do it in a way where we weren't attracting extra attention meant that we had to keep our crew small. So there was just three of us. All three of us had to be able to uh, shoot film at least half decently. I was definitely by far not the, the top <laughs> film choice, but I you knew I had my cinematographer and my audio tech guys Colin and Liam did an amazing job you know but it was important that all of us be able to have those skills because there were some places where we would go into where it wasn't appropriate for men to come in if it was only women in the space so I would need to go in and some Mm -hmm. spaces where it wasn't appropriate for me as a woman to go in you know just to be mindful of the cultural nuances there and so so we were all filming we were all wearing like 10 more hats than we should have been you know in a normal crew you know filming this kind of thing you'd have so many more people but we had to be ready to pick up and run if if that was needed right and so all of our mm-hmm. equipment was kept really small everyone had a bajillion pieces of equipment on them all the time um and you know but that's that's what we knew it had to happen and so we just kind of worked together as as a team to make it to make it a reality
0: maybe aren't the best, like Afghanistan or countries in Africa and such. Uh, it generally is a case where the governments are horrible, but the people themselves are just people trying to live their lives. They're often very nice, very generous. What did you take away personally from, from running in Afghanistan and from meeting the people uh, in Afghanistan? You
1: know... What I took away from being in Afghanistan was that it is such a beautiful country filled with some of the most generous people I've met in my whole life. You know we actually have so much to learn from Afghans. They One of the highest values in Afghanistan is that of hospitality and we were welcomed into people's homes over and over and over again. You know people that would offer us tea knowing that that would mean for them a several kilometer walk to go get water later in the day because they were mm-hmm. giving us the only water they had in their home. But that didn't stop them. They would offer they would still offer us tea, and I don't know about you, but I probably wouldn't walk several kilometers to just to go get tea for someone that was hosting at my house. Maybe that makes me a terrible person, but I just was astounded by that. And you know, the other thing that just stood out to me was how beautiful the country is. We were visiting Bamyan, uh, which is in the mountain region, and you know, I love our rocky mountains here in Canada, but oh my gosh, the mountains in Afghanistan are gorgeous. They're pink pinks and purples, beautiful hues. As a filmmaker, you just love it because every sunset, every sunrise, you just see it painted across these mountains and it's Mm -hmm. absolutely gorgeous. But I think the biggest takeaway I had from being over there was just that every point of the way, when things got difficult, someone would come alongside us and say, do you need some help? I'll help you out. How can we assist you, right? And Mm -hmm. That's, that's absolutely amazing, because I think the stories we often hear from Afghanistan are ones of, you know, of terrorism, of poverty, we just imagine that, you know, that people would be really jaded, really cynical, or that they would, you know, be really hostile, and yet, they're just, they were welcoming us with open arms, both men and women, young and old, you know, time and time again, we had people welcoming us and I think that's incredible. I hope that I can embrace that spirit of hospitality. And I I hope I can do it throughout my life because, wow, wouldn't the world be a better place if we had that kind of hospitality.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, one really cool thing about the film is that, I guess, cool in the sense of filmmaking, not in the sense of society, but the fact that uh, you use animations to protect the identity of the women runners. Uh, and, you know, uh, woman running in Canada, nobody thinks twice about it. So do we often forget here just how difficult life can be for women in other places like Afghanistan?
1: Absolutely. You know, what's so interesting about running a marathon is that usually a marathon, you know, goes through the centers of our cities, right? And so Mm -hmm. it's actually the pure fact of holding a marathon is really a democratic effort. We're saying you are safe enough as a woman, as a man, young, old, you know, regardless of your ability or your racial or religious background, to be able to come together in a group and run through the very center of our city and do so freely, not worrying about unexploded ordinances, not worrying about the quality of the air, right? Mm -hmm. All of these things are things we often take for granted. And so I think, you know, a country that's able to host a marathon shows a lot about that country right and it tells you a lot about what what they want for their people and so to see what's happening in the marathon of Afghanistan it's the first ever co-gender athletic activity to be hosted in Afghanistan right the first race to be able to have men and women running alongside one another and so I, I realized so much of what I took for granted of being able to lace up my shoes and go for a run. That's not the reality for most women in Afghanistan. You know, we met woman after woman who told us that they had to train like Zanab did in an enclosed space, um, some had access to you know, treadmills or things like that through charity organizations they were connected to, right? Some were training by like going up and down the stairs of their apartment, right? Like that's how they had to train because it's the only thing that was available to them. And so for many of them, when they come to the Marathon of Afghanistan, it is their first time ever in their life running outside. Mm-hmm. That just blows my mind, you know, yeah. to think that someone that this is their first experience that they get to have that sense of freedom right and that was the thing that i heard from woman after woman that i interviewed was that they told me they said i feel free when i go for a run that's why i run that's what i love about it you know and i think here i am often complaining about going for a run <laughs> about you know trying to find time to fit in my workout you know <laughs> and here we had this beautiful perspective of saying this is when i feel free. This Mm -hmm. is my sense of freedom, you know? And so I think for me, that meant After having gone and filmed in Afghanistan, I wanted to do more. I wanted to figure out how do we help every woman to feel safe to go for a run? And not just every woman, but people, regardless of race, gender, ethnicity, religion, to feel safe to go for a run in their community, because no one should have to feel afraid to go for a run. And so one of the things that actually came out of this secret marathon film was that we actually created a secret 3k which is a run walk that we do every single year uh, on uh, during the week of International Women's Day and we invite people to come out and to join us in that dream that everyone should be able to go be free to go for a run and so mm-hmm. we get everyone together and we go for a run it's only three kilometers so so you can do it right whether you want it or you walk it yep. and You've done it as a way to say we want to start this movement for equality we want to be able to change the way that things are happening in our communities and you know I have found that time and time again unfortunately talking to people even here in Canada I've talked to women that said I don't feel safe to go for a run at night or mm-hmm. I don't feel safe to go for a run in my community because there's been violence in my community right and that shouldn't be the case right so I think even if we can show that it's possible to run and run safely one of the year, that's, that's starting something. It's planting a seed to be able to imagine what does it look like if we can do that 365 days of the year, right? Mm. Um, I mean, this year we're doing the Secret 3K again and we're doing it virtually. And you know, I think that is gonna be so incredible because over the last four years of hosting this Secret 3K event, we've actually had people participate all the way across Canada and in 23 different countries around the world. And so I'm excited to see if we can you know, expand that number. What if we can have even more countries join us? What if people now that we're doing it 100% virtually, maybe even more people will join us in this movement for equality.
0: Um, with the documentary, what do you hope people get out of it after watching it? What do you hope they learn as they, as they finish the, the movie?
1: You know, our goal in making this film was that they would get to hear the story of this brave and courageous community, a community that's decided to buck the trend and say, we wanna be different, right? And so I hope that they will be inspired by that. I hope that the audience will will see this story of what's possible uh, and it'll allow them to dream a little bit about what might be possible in their own life and in their own community. And you know, we we shamelessly ask people, please join us in this Secret 3K. Join us in running. You know, I think even if it inspires someone to lace up their shoes and go for a run or a walk in their community, that makes a difference, right? Mm-hmm. The more we see different types of people, different body shapes, different ages, different genders out in our own communities, the more we start to believe that it's possible to do this, right? And so mm-hmm. I think it's coming together and saying that, we believe that we could have a better future right that humanity could have a future where everyone is free to go for a run Mm -hmm.
0: and then uh, just the last question is if people want to uh, watch the film if they want to learn more about it if they want to learn about the secret uh, 3k all of that uh, where where do they go
1: well i'm excited that for the first time ever people all around the world can see this film so we're actually hosting our global premiere as part of a virtual gala at the end of January. So January 29th to 31st, we have six different screenings that people can attend. And, you know, this is an amazing opportunity to both see the film, but we're also gonna have some special guests, some that are featured in the film, some that have been, you know, (laughs) close friends of the film for a long time, right? Uh, And a chance to have a live Q&A with myself and Martin and ask all the questions that they have about the (laughs) film. And so we're doing that. in partnership with Air and Demand Films. And I'm so excited because it allows us to have like this incredible screening experience where people see the film, but they can also interact and engage. And I think that's going to be really neat. So mm-hmm. I hope that everyone comes out in the film. This is truly inspiring. I mean, if you want to start off 2021 with a little <laughs> bit of extra hope, then this is the film for you. Um, and so, yeah, I just encourage people to check out, check it out, get your tickets. It's, you can find everything out at The Secret Marathon dot com um, and follow us on social at the secret marathon you can see all of the updates there and we'll be leaking out some like sneak peeks of the film over the next uh, little bit here so i'd love to hear from folks and hear what part of the film really stood out to them
0: and uh the the secret 3k uh, how do people take part in that
1: yeah so we'd love to have people sign up for secret 3k it's on march 3rd this year and you can complete it anytime in the 24 hours of march 3rd Again, like our registration is actually going to be open um, in like the next couple of days here, so uh, check it out at secretmarathon.com and we have the secret 3K there. There's opportunities to like sign up yourself, or you know even for schools to sign up as well if they're interested. We love to have schools participating and families to participate. It's is a great way to to talk about the issue of gender equality with your family, and we've had so many families over the years that have participated and for me, that's really big. I just had a little uh, girl myself. And so I think, you know, the more that we can share this story with the next generation, that's when true change happens, right? And mm-hmm. so I'm excited to have people come out, see the film, get inspired, <laughs> then lace up your shoes and come with us for a run.
0: I hope you enjoyed that episode and my interview with Kate McKenzie. And if you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at you can visit my website, where you'll find hundreds of articles on Canada's history, as well as all my podcast episodes. Just go to CanadaEHX.com. And again, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to Patreon.com CanadaEHX. Just like all of these wonderful patrons have. And I apologize if I mispronounce any names. Lori ann Kirby, Gary Dolovich, Nick Zinri, Pamela Elder, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron ohara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roa, Luke S, Vic Hedges, J.P. Baer, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, Spencer M, and Iris Gray. As well, you can find me on Facebook. Just search for Canadian History X. Remember, that's E-H-X. I'm on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G, B-A-I-R-D. And don't forget, you can find me on Instagram. Just search for Bairdo37. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.